0: Learn how at usps.com/advantage. USPS Ground Advantage: simple, affordable, reliable. This is Optimal Finance Daily episode 1486. 5 ways to get a mortgage without private mortgage insurance or PMI by Jeff Rose of goodfinancialsense.com. And I'm your host and personal finance enthusiast, Diana Merriam. And Happy Easter, if you're celebrating and listening in real time, this is a show where I read to you from some of the best personal finance blogs on the planet, sometimes a little too enthusiastically. But I can't help it. Money is an incredible resource that we can use to craft the life of our dreams. So thanks for joining me today and every day. And if you like this idea of reading blogs to you for free, it'd be great if you could share this podcast with someone today. You can email or text someone a link to oldpodcast.com or even better, if you're able to subscribe them to the podcast right on their smartphone. That would be greatly appreciated. But for now, let's get right to it and start optimizing your life. Five Ways to Get a Mortgage Without Private Mortgage Insurance or PMI by Jeff Rose of goodfinancialsense.com. When we were in the process of building our dream home, we pretty well expected to go over budget. Knowing this, we tried to cut expenses as much as we could. The one expense that we knew we absolutely had to avoid was PMI, or private mortgage insurance. Recently, I had a reader question also pertaining to PMI. Joe A. wants to know, quote, I've had my mortgage for two years and want to get rid of my PMI. The lender told me that I must get a home appraisal to prove that I have at least 80% equity. Well, I got the appraisal and then paid the loan down to 80% of my home's value. But then the lender sent me a letter saying I need a loan to value that's 75%. Now I'm worried that I'll pay the loan down to 75%, but they'll just have another excuse not to remove my PMI. What should I do? End quote. Before I tell you the best ways to get rid of PMI, let's take a step back and make sure you know what it is. What is private mortgage insurance, or PMI? Private mortgage insurance, or PMI, is a product that protects a lender in case you default on a home loan and they're forced to foreclose. It's a downright irritating expense because it's like having to pay for your neighbor's health insurance each month. It doesn't benefit you in the least. Nonetheless, lenders typically require you to pay PMI when you borrow more than 80% of the value of a home. In other words, if your down payment is less than 20%, they have more at risk and require you to help them mitigate that risk. Paying PMI allows you to get a mortgage when you can't come up with 20% down, but it's also an added monthly expense. That's why Joe and many homeowners are itching to get rid of monthly PMI payments so that they can keep more money for themselves. How much does private mortgage insurance cost? The cost of PMI varies based on various factors, like the amount and term of a mortgage, but it could be in the neighborhood of half a percent up to 1.5% of the mortgage amount per year. For example, if you have a $150,000 mortgage, your PMI premium could cost about $65 per month. You can check your annual mortgage escrow account statement or contact your lender to find out how much you're paying for PMI. Five ways to get rid of private mortgage insurance. There are five ways to avoid or get rid of PMI. Number one, make a 20% down payment. The best way to make sure you never have to pay PMI is to avoid it altogether by paying a minimum of 20% down on your home. That means you may have to delay a home purchase while you continue saving up. Number two, automatic cancellation based on your home's original purchase price. For a conventional mortgage that you took out on or after July 29th, 1999, your PMI must be canceled automatically once you have 22% equity in your home. Once you've paid your mortgage balance down to 78% of the original value of your property, federal law requires a lender to cancel your PMI. However, this rule only applies if your mortgage payments have been current for a full year or they're no more than 60 days late within the past two years and you have no liens on the property. Again, a lender can require evidence that the value of your home hasn't dipped below its original value. They may also require that you don't have a second mortgage or a home equity line of credit. For a mortgage you signed before July 29th, 1999, it's up to you to contact your lender and request that they remove PMI once you reach 20% equity. Different states may have laws that affect PMI cancellation for older mortgages, So contact your lender for more information. Number three, request cancellation based on your home's original purchase price. If you pay down your mortgage balance to 80% or less of the original price or the appraised value at the time of the sale, whichever is less, you can request that your lender remove PMI. This request doesn't force a lender to remove it, but is subject to regulations under federal and state law. Again, they can require evidence that the value of your home isn't lower than its original value. Number four, request cancellation based on your home's current value. If you pay down your mortgage to 75% or less of your home's current value as determined by a licensed residential appraiser, you can request that your lender remove PMI. Number five, midpoint termination. PMI must be canceled when your mortgage reaches the midpoint of the term. For instance, for a 30-year loan with 360 monthly payments, the midpoint is after you make the 180th payment. This cancellation only applies if your mortgage payments are current. So getting back to Joe's question, I'm guessing that the lender first gave him instructions based on number three, requesting cancellation based on the home's original purchase price. They wanted to find out if Joe had a loan to value of at least 80% of the original value of his home. Since the real estate market has declined over the past several years, it's likely that Joe's home value has dipped since he bought it two years ago. That's probably why the lender gave him new instructions based on number four, requiring that his loan balance be 75% of his current home value. You have rights under the Homeowners Protection Act. As a homeowner, Joe is covered by the PMI provisions in the Federal Homeowners Protection Act of 1998. If he does pay the loan down to 75% and his lender doesn't follow the rules for canceling his PMI, Joe can file a complaint with the Federal Trade Commission, FTC, at ftc.gov. You just listened to the post titled, Five Ways to Get a Mortgage Without Private Mortgage Insurance, or PMI, by Jeff Rose of GoodFinancialSense.com. If you've been using Mint to manage your finances, I've got some bad news. With some of the lowest prices out there and keep it all reliable with on-time ground shipments it's time to turn shipping to your advantage learn how at usps.com advantage usps ground advantage simple affordable reliable i thought this article had some good information on private mortgage insurance it certainly is expensive and i know when i was buying a house One lender tried to get me to take on a bigger mortgage even though I didn't have the 20% down payment by presenting PMI as no big deal. But when you consider how long you will pay it and how much it can add to your monthly payments, it is a big deal. I think a general rule of thumb is that if you don't have the 20% down payment, you are simply not in a position to buy the house. However, every rule has exceptions and everyone has unique circumstances to navigate. When I bought my house, I had the 20% down payment in cash, but it was literally all the cash I had on hand. So I was uncomfortable handing all that over. I could have sold some investments for the down payment, but that didn't sit well with me either because I'm a long-term investor. I only invest money that I don't plan on touching for a long time. So what I ended up doing is finding a lender that issued a home equity loan to cover half of the down payment. I paid this loan aggressively over six months and ended up only paying $200 total in interest. And now I have an open line of credit at a low rate that I can access if I need to borrow money again in the future. This wouldn't have been a great strategy if my income was at risk for any reason, but since I felt pretty good about my job security at the time, it worked out well. I got to avoid PMI, keep some cash on hand for emergencies, and pay a nominal amount in interest for the peace of mind. And that's another edition of Optimal Finance Daily in the Books. Have a great rest of your weekend if you're listening in real time, and I'll be back tomorrow where your optimal life awaits.